Well, good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. Hope you're doing well this morning. Thank you guys for joining us here in the house. Those of you who are joining online and those, we got a big group back on the patio. Thank you guys so much for being a part. And uh, I've got Ben folks here joining me this morning. Um, he is our kids pastor. Why don't you give it up for Ben this morning? Ben, you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. It's good we, to see adults. This is great. Yeah, this is what adults are like right here, right? Yeah, it's really not much different, right, guys? All right, so uh, they didn't like that joke. Anyway, I'm really glad that you're here today. We're in week four of our series called The DNA of a Transformational Church. And I, I want to begin just by reminding you of our mission statement. Maybe for some of you, this is the first time you're, you're with us, or uh, maybe you're here visiting. Um, and, and I want you guys to know that everything that we've been talking about these past few weeks, everything that we will continue to talk about over the course of these next few weeks has to do uh, with our mission statement. It's born from our mission statement. It springs from that which is to passionately share the message of Jesus, to passionately share the message of Jesus and to lead people to follow him. That's at the heart of everything that we're talking about. And just to give you a little bit of a background, God really laid it on my heart over the past year um, that our vision as a church needed to, to begin to, to kind of morph and to change a little bit. Uh, largely, our vision has been based around this campus, this place, if you will. And I heard God uh, over the past uh, year or so just say, it's really time for that to shift largely to people, from place to people. And so we, uh, we talked about this as a staff, our whole leadership team, elders. Uh, I gave it to them, and we shared, and we prayed over this uh, course of this last year. And God has given us these seven words. We've gone through some of them. You see them when you come in here on the, uh, on the wall, when you come in on the left there. You also see them when you come in the community center. And you're going to be seeing these words more and more and more. We've talked about Hilton Head Island Community Church, the value and the vision of us being a giving church, a growing church, and a welcoming church. And today we come to this word called entrusting, that I believe that God has called us to be and to continue to become a church that is entrusting. Now we're going to spend a couple weeks on this word because we believe that this is so incredibly important. In fact, I don't think there's any word that has a longer lasting effect in the life of this church and in the life of every church, and that is entrusting the gospel to the next generation. So what, is, what does that mean? What is entrusting? Well, I believe that God has called us to be and become a church that is intentional. I want you to hear that word, intentional in reaching the next generation with the message of Jesus Christ. And that goes right to our mission statement. It goes right to our commission as Christ followers to go into all the world and to, to reach uh, and to spread the good news, to reach the world for Christ and to spread the good news. Now, here's, here's what the word entrust means. There's a couple things. It means to charge someone with a responsibility, to put in charge of another for care or use or performance, or to commit or confide. And so today we're going to be talking about how we have an influence over the next generation with the gospel message. Next week, we're going to be talking about what, it, what that word entrust means a little bit more. 
But before we entrust the next generation with the gospel, we must introduce them to the gospel. We must in, introduce them to the gospel. We must in, introduce the next generation. Uh, and it requires people and things um, that point them to Jesus. I, I got to tell you, before our kids were born, that was something that my wife and I began to pray for our kids, is that God would put people and things in their lives that would point them to Jesus. That God would put people and things in their life that would point them to Jesus. And that's something that we pray often for them. It's something that we continue to pray for them. And Ben, I know that you're here today because of people and things that pointed you to Jesus. Why don't you share with Hilton Head Island Community Church a little bit about why you're here today, and specifically, who were the influencers that pointed you to Jesus, that introduced you to the gospel? Talk to us a little bit about that in your life. Well, definitely um, had a lot of people in my life that kind of impacted who I am. But I, I had to narrow it down to just a few that I believe really made an impact. And maybe some of you have some of the sim similar influences in your life. But uh, I've been working with kids and in children's ministry for 21 years. And thinking back, what was it that drew me to being a big kid for life? And um, I, go, I go back to my parents. Um, my, my dad was a pastor, and I grew up in church. And we always had a joke. I was born on Thursday in church on Sunday. <laughs> and whenever church doors were open, it was a rule in my house that we were there. We did visitation. We did cleaning the, the bathrooms. I mean, whatever it took, we were always in church. And one of the things that I believe... Um, was an influence in my life was not only church, but Jesus mm. was a priority. Yeah. You know, I, my dad wasn't big into sports. He wasn't big into, you know, extracurricular activities. I grew to love that. I love sports now, and I love all that stuff. But one of the things that I believe that he left on me was the fact that, um, that Jesus is the most important thing and to make and please him was the most important thing. It, it reminds me of the Bible verse that I hold on to very closely now uh, from 2 Corinthians 5, 9. Mm. And, and that is, whether you are at home or away, we make him mm. or we make it an aim to please him. Mm. And so whether we're at home, we're at a sports game, at work, whatever it is, one of the things that was just pressed into me from my parents was, Whatever it is, mm. make sure you're doing it for Jesus. Mm. Awesome. And so for me, definitely my parents yes. um, was one of the, my um, huge yes. impacts. How, how many of you who are here in the house would say, and even on backstage patio, you guys can raise your hand. How many would, would, of you would say that you had a parent or parents or someone that acted in the role of, of a parent that influenced you for Jesus? I, I just want to see a show of hands here this morning. That's amazing. That's incredible. A lot of you, a lot of you. Uh, I want to give you some stats here this morning um, just to talk about when people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. In a recent um, uh, survey, church growth researcher, uh, the Barna Group, found out that childhood is by far the most important time to discover Christ. Childhood is by far the most important time to discover Christ. I want you to check this out. 
90% of Christians came to faith before the age of 18. Isn't that incredible? I want you to think about that for a moment. 66% of Christians came to faith in Jesus Christ before the age of 18. 43% of them came to Christ before the age of 12. And then less than a quarter of current believers came to Christ after the age of 21. I want you to think about that for a moment. You see, this is our window. Less than a quarter of people came to Christ. Current believers came to Christ after the age of 21. So what Ben and what Justin, as you'll hear from me and Justin next week, what you all are doing and what your leaders are doing and what your amazing volunteers are doing is you guys are working in that window. Listen, church, when most people accept Jesus as their Savior. That's our window. It's our window to the legacy of what we do as a church. Here's some influence stats that kind of goes along with what you're talking about, about the who influenced you, your parents. And you'll talk about some other influencers here in a minute. Parents and families have the biggest impact, okay? You see, Justin and I joke all the time, and Ben and I now joke about the fact that some of you want to drop your kids off and let us fix them, right? Uh, That is not the way this works. You have an influence, too. Parents and families have the biggest... Say that again? That's pretty scary. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Yes, yes, if you only knew. All right. So (laughs) parents and families have the biggest impact. Most adult Christians were most influenced by uh, to be believers by their parents. 68% were influenced by their moms. And 48% were influenced by their dads. It's probably true in this room too, I would guess. I would guess. But parents, we have a huge influence, but it's not just parents. It's funny you say, you know, parents are huge and and the numbers. But I've met a lot of families over the the years that the major impact, and and maybe some of you out there, were the grandparents. The grandparent figure in your life. And it could be um, someone that is a little bit older or someone um, that maybe had a lot of wisdom that you look to. And I really subscribe in ministry mm. to this thing called grand buddies. <laughs> and, and children really look up to someone who is that figure in their life. Yet mom and dad can say something all day long. <laughs> um, do this, do this, do this. But if someone outside of your inner circle says the exact same thing, and that kid will stop what they're doing and do exactly what they're supposed to. <laughs> it's that wisdom that comes from it. It's that um, opportunity to learn. And so much so that I subscribe to that. Yes. I do it myself. Yeah. Um, I have I older people in my life that I literally, to this day, um, I call up. Mm. I get involved in Bible studies with them. I ask them questions. If I'm going to go do something in my life, I want to make sure that I'm not doing something stupid because I'm very quick to make um, spontaneous and I guess my wife would say rash decisions. (laughs) Um, Always have that grand buddy in your life, whether you're a kid, an Mm -hmm. adult. I'm in my 40s now, and I I still look to the older for that wisdom. Um, And love that. It's biblical. It is it biblical. Is. It's biblical. Absolutely. There's a couple Bible verses yep. that talk about it. Yep. Um, Psalm 71, 18. Love this. says, so even the old age and gray hairs 
Oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, mm. your power to those who come. Mm. Psalms 145 is another great verse where it says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Mm. These are two verses that in my ministry is like, I don't care if I'm 40 years old. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to dance like an idiot in those classrooms. I'm going <laughs> to scream. I'm going to shout. I'm going to have a good old time because as long as I'm still on this earth, God still has a plan for me. Mm, God still awesome. has a chance to use me. And so mm. maybe I am what those kids would call a grand buddy. Uh-huh. You know, I've got gray in my beard. That's why I <laughs> shaved it off. <laughs> I was going to um, say you hide your gray well. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it doesn't matter who you are at what age you are. Always someone mm. who's smarter than you. Mm. Always someone who can, is, is wiser than you mm. and someone that can give you great advice mm. and, and lead you through life. I love that. Um, so that, I subscribe to that. Grand buddies. And I love the fact that, um, you know, what Ben said about having people continually, not just then, but now in his life that he calls and asks for wisdom. And I know you've got, you know, one that you call in particular, uh, his name I think is Ron, right? Yeah, and, Ron's my good buddy. Yeah. Um, he is a, a farmer from Ohio <laughs> who always has chickens. And always wants to take you out and show you his latest crop. Mm. Um, but one thing I love about Ron is he accepted Christ mm. um, because he was trying to prove Christ wrong. Mm. He's a thinker. He's a smart, brilliant man. He's retired. And he just sits there and thinks, is this true? Mm. And he got into God's word and he discovered and he asked questions and he's, he's wise and he's always thinking before he speaks and because of Ron I just I started getting involved in these um, Bible studies with older men before I moved here and and just taking in everything that they had to say Um, their life experiences were longer um, but Ron taught me to ask questions Mm. Ron taught me to um, to enjoy the scenery around you and just to um, love, mm. love everybody, no matter how old, no matter how bald, how beautiful. <laughs> um, but just we're here on this world uh, to do something amazing. And it doesn't matter how old you are or the age difference mm. yes, between you and that person. But uh, it's a God thing. If God puts mm. you in front of somebody, there's a reason. Love and just that. embrace that process. I love it, man. Talk to us a little bit more about some of the other influencers, because you talked about parents and those grand buddies who serve in that, that parent role, and I think we all can relate to that. I know I've got a few guys like that in my life uh, that I look up to and that I ask when I'm going through difficult things or big decisions. Talk to us a little bit about a couple of those other influencers um, in, the li- in your life yeah. and in the life of kids. I talked about my parents, um, but I would say probably... The second biggest impact in my life was um, my children's pastors or back in the day, my Sunday school teachers. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember um, I was seven years old and I went to church one day. And this is one of my earliest and most best memories. Is I went to church one day and we were talking about heaven. Mm-hmm. And he opened up the Bible and he started reading um, the description of heaven and started talking about how 
um, heaven was this beautiful place and how the streets were out of pure gold and the, the gates were pearls and all these sparkly, beautiful jewels. And he showed pictures of what each one of those in the Bible had list out all these beautiful jewels. He started showing these pictures and made heaven come alive in my seven-year-old life. Mm, I love that. But the bad part was it was only an hour. An hour ended, and I was left there with questions like, how do you get there? I want to go. <laughs> like, is there bicycles that you can ride? Am I going to break the gold road? Like, what, what is going to allow me the chance to get there? And I remember going home after church that day, sitting down in front of this huge fish tank we had in our living room. And uh, I remember it, and I don't know if I've ever shared my testimony with anybody here, but I remember bowing down and asking my dad, like, we were sitting in front of this fish tank. It's like, man, I just heard about heaven, and I want to go there. <laughs> like, they were talking about these, these mansions and these places, like, with swimming pools and horses and all, all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if that's biblical, but <laughs> I just remember that. I remember that story and how he made it come alive in my life, and I wanted to know how to get there. So right in front of this fish tank with the world's ugliest fish, I still remember him. His name was Paco, and he had, uh, he was about that big, and it was a saltwater tank my dad had growing up. And uh, I remember doing that because mm. before I started praying and asking Jesus to forgive me of my sins so that I could have that eternal life and one day live with Jesus in heaven, mm-hmm. I remember looking back at that fish tank, and there's Paco. <laughs> That big old lower lip sticking out and those big teeth. I think he was a piranha or something like that. I don't know. But um, I remember saying that prayer with my dad when I was seven years old. And when I opened my eyes, I'm looking. My dad is sitting there right beside me just smiling from ear to ear. I look back and Paco, that ugly big lip fish, is smiling. So to this day, I don't, I don't know if Paco, if fish go to heaven, but maybe <laughs> he Paco might, may he might be saved. there, man. <laughs> but my children's pastor growing up made the Bible come alive. He made it real. Mm. He made it That's exciting. Awesome. And he made it something that I really wanted to learn awesome. more and more and more of. Mm. And so much so that it's a, a, a impacted who I am today. Like I wanted to go to school to be a shoe designer. That's what I wanted to be when I grew up. But God had a different plan, mm. and it takes Love me it. back in 1997, a call to ministry um, to be a children's pastor, to be someone who um, delivered that ex- same exciting news, that same um, come alive mentality that the Bible is so full of. Um, and man, it has shaped my life. It's awesome. And I'm so thankful for those and people. we as a church are better for it, man. So I am so glad that God led you down that path and that Paco was there and your dad was there. And I'm glad because we're, we're better for it, man. I love that. And you've got one other influence I know that you wanted to talk about too. Your parents and people that served in the role of parents, people that taught Sunday school, those people that were in your life that came along along the way, as those influencers that came along. But there's one other one. Um, that, that you want to talk there about. There is. And th- those beforehand, you know, my parents, my Sunday school teachers, my, my children's pastor, those are who shaped me, 
who I was and why I got into continually serving um, the children, uh, whatever church I was at. I started in college working with these kids, and um, wherever I could, I, I jumped in. Um, and now, as I'm an adult, and God has blessed me with two beautiful girls, these girls have shaped who I am and why I do what I do. I remember um, my, my first, my daughter, at the age of five, we got this really cool Bible. Mm-hmm. It was a, a Bible for beginner readers. Mm-hmm. She was in kindergarten, and she was reading this book, and I was like, let's get her a Bible that she can read, and she started reading this Bible, and I remember um, she got into the book of John, and in John, it gives the gospel message in a way that they could understand, very simple words, and started talking about heaven. It started talking about how Jesus has forgiven them, and um, no matter who you are, how old you are, you still have an opportunity to live for Jesus and have him forgive you of those sins that she was reading about. And uh, I remember in that book, there was a place for them to say a prayer. It says, if you want to know more about Jesus, you should pray this prayer. And then there's a little place where they could sign their name or write their name or scribble their name, however that that she was. I think it was a scribble. But she signed her name, and then she brought the book out to us and said, I just did something. And because she got into God's word, it changed her life. And I, I believe that, you know, as a parent, we played a major part of that, yeah. getting her to the book. Of course, she didn't have a job <laughs> if I. Um, but no, I, I believe that we influenced her. I believe that sure. she taught me that mm. kids can learn. From books, kids can learn from videos, kids can learn from people, um, kids can learn from other kids, but because of that, she impacted me that, man, at the age of five, even those kids are listening to whatever that influence is. And so I started learning from her. And I remember my second daughter, um, I think she was seven she um, was doing a Bible study with my wife on the book of Romans for kids. Like, I, I love Romans because it really tells you how to live yeah. your life. It, it lays it all out there. And if you can get it right, you, can get, you just read the book of Romans That's if you, you want to know how to do life. Yep. Um, but she was doing this little cool Bible study they had got, you know, hoping to kind of calm her down and realize that, you know, she needed to obey. So they started doing... <laughs> Started doing, this is how you need to live your life, young lady, and read the Bible. And in the book of Romans, it started talking about who do you live your life for? Mm. And uh, they started talking, and just a conversation just started. Mm. And because of that conversation, questions started flowing. And from those questions, the opportunity to ask for uh, forgiveness of her sins and the opportunity to accept Christ into her life. And um, man, just watching my girls grow up and discover Jesus, mm. it's like, man, I, I that. want that for every kid that I, I that, that I come in contact with. Mm. And it refueled me and refired me up to mm. say, you know what? I'm not too old. <laughs> like right. I may continue to grow up. I may continue to get old, but the job is still the same. I love it. To please God in everything we do, and, and to continue to spread that mm. same gospel, that same good news to um, mm. kids growing up, the next generation. It's awesome, yeah. man. 
I love it. I love it. His, Ben's enthusiasm is contagious, and I love it, man. It is so cool. Now, so Reggie Joyner, who's an expert in the kids' arena in terms of church, um, said this. He said, two combined influences make a greater impact than just one influencer's. Right? So two combined influences, excuse me, make a greater impact than just one influence. Talk to us about how we approach this here at Hilton Island Community Church, because we subscribe to that, and you've touched on it, but explain that and explain our philosophy to kids' ministry, um, specifically birth through fifth grade, which is kind of your area. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So um, we have a curriculum that's called Orange. And the methodology of this curriculum and, and the methodology of a children's ministry in general is there are two major influences in our life, the church and the family. And uh, so there's colors that represent. So the red represents the family, the heart, the, the love that's given. Um, we have 168 hours in a week and 167 of those are yours as a parent. Mm. Um, we have, well, subtract some of that sleeping time or <laughs> lack, lack of sleeping time. Um, whatever that is, we still have a lot of hours to make an, a major impact in our kids' life. So we try to train them up well. We try to teach them as much as we can um, in, in hopes that one day when they grow older, they're not going to turn from that. Um, as, as a parent and as a, a children's pastor, one of my mission statements in life is make memories that will last a lifetime mm -hmm. because those memories are the yep. thing that you're going to remember forever. Like I remember yep. praying the prayer for yeah. Jesus in front of an ugly fish. Oh, Paco, man. Yeah. Paco. Right. And we'll I, be remember, in heaven, evidently. I remember those good memories. I remember those bad memories, but it's the memories that I still remember, even when it's filled with all kinds of other stuff. Mm. Love that. It's the memory of Jesus that I'm hoping that um, I can make not only in, in my family's life, but in the kids here at Hilton Head. And, and one of the, the cool things is um, you can't do it alone. So you have the red, but you also have the yellow, which is the church, the light of the world. And so with that one hour, maybe two, if you do the, mm -hmm. the Wednesday night uh, live right. stuff, yeah. you got two hours to impact these kids and, and do that. But as a parent, and as a children's pastor, we can't do it separate alone. It, it takes those 168 hours um, to, to impact a kid and show them Jesus and, and hopes that one day they will grow up when they're out of our, our watch. Um, one day they'll grow up and be followers of Christ. Mm. Um, so as a parent, I need help. Mm. Um, mm. How? I have lots of questions. How do I lead my kid? What do I teach them? My kid's got questions I can't answer. Um, and that's where we come in as a church. I want to be able to help answer those questions. Yeah. I want to be able to give you resources. Yes. I want to be able to help give you cool ways that I've heard from other parents that have been able to make that same impact. And, and I believe mm -hmm. that um, together, when the red and the, orange, uh, red and the yellow come together, we create this amazing color of orange, second amazing color. My favorite is yellow, but orange is my second <laughs> favorite color. And because mm. we work together, mm. we have a greater impact. Love that. And uh, I subscribe to that as well, even in my life, like yep. bringing people along. Yep. Maybe it's not the church, but maybe it's someone sure. who 
can also be that positive mentors and disciplers and that sort of thing. And so it's that idea of red is the family, yellow is the church. And so we can come together. And part of the reason we want you to understand this church is is that um, for some of you who God may give a little nudge today or down the road at some point in time to help out with, by the way, not just our kids ministry, but also our next generation ministry, which is really our, our students uh, on up into you know, college age from, from sixth grade on up. Uh, we partner together. And, and let's get real for a second, though. All right, as parents, it's intimidating, right? I mean, if we're real, if we're honest, like, we don't feel like we know enough. We don't feel like we know how to talk to them. We don't know how to start the conversation. And then they become adult, or they become teenagers, and we really don't know how to start any conversation. And so it gets awkward, so right? True. And, and <laughs> so, so let's break this down just into, into kind of three easy things. Like, what, what can we do? How, how can we as parents and the church come together and introduce the gospel to the next generation. Just break it down for us. Make it, make it as simple as possible. I am nowhere the perfect parent. And you can ask my wife Me and either. my kids. Me either. But as a person, one of the best ways, whether you're a parent or someone in a church, that we have a job to make orange, it takes both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be examples. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be perfect examples. But we're going to be an example that hopefully shows Jesus. We're mm-hmm. going to be an example that leads them to Jesus. We're going to be an example of great memories that mm-hmm. when they turn 20 and they leave home, they remember, man, mm-hmm. I remember my mom and dad used to do that. Or I remember mm-hmm. my grandparents used to do that. Or I remember this guy in my church that used to do this. And those are the examples that we want um, to leave for a lasting impression. Mm. Uh, I, you know, there's a principle that comes to mind, Ben, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but so much more, um, you know, is caught than taught. So much more is so caught true. than taught. And, and I think on that, on that idea of an example, sometimes, sometimes parents, I want you to hear me because I, I succumb to this sometimes too. Like I think of being a good, like, example of being a good Christ follower to my kids is all about knowledge. It's all about head knowledge. It's all about facts about the Bible. It's all about, you know, I love history. And so talking about that, but man, it's so much different than that. It's about how we're living our lives. And Titus speaks to this. Uh, I'd, I'd love for you to it talk does, about I, that. I've got Titus 2 pulled up here. Yep. And it says, uh, but as for you, teach what accord with sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. Older men who are sober-minded dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and in love and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine, but they are to teach what is good. Love that. And, and man, just to, to read that saying, yeah. older men, older mm. women, we have a job mm. to be an example mm. In, mm. in everything that we do. Mm. And whether or not you know it, these kids are watching. They're watching, yeah. Uh, they pick up exactly yep. the words you use. Yep. They pick up your mannerisms. Yep. They pick up your passions. Yep. And they pick up your desire. And mm-hmm. so, man, as an older man and an older woman, mm-hmm. we have a job to be an example. And hopefully that example is, mm-hmm. going back to that verse we read earlier, 
to please God in everything that. that we do. I love that. Yeah. Titus 2, 6, and 8, as you can go on, talks about likewise, mm-hmm. urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good mm-hmm. works, and in your teachings show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that any opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Mm. Man, we got a job. We have a job to do. We do. Yeah. No matter what, yeah. we got to do that and uh, be that example. Be an example. I think that's one of the, the great ways that we can influence and pass down the gospel to entrust the gospel to the next generation. Secondly, the second thing that we can have handles with, um, you know, talk to us about the second thing you think we can do. Going back to that yellow and red thing that yep. makes orange, yep. you can't do it alone. Yeah. You're not alone yeah. in this because yeah. as a church, we want to partner with you. I mean, I, I spend hours every week trying to find the best resources mm. for parents to answer the question to yeah. my best ability if I get yep. emails. I want to make sure that I make raising your kids spiritually easy. I mean, I'm looking for the next big, big, easy thing so that I can tell you guys about it and help you guys um, because I'm a parent and I know it's super hard. I know it's very hard to be able to, um, to answer all your kids' questions, to be able to be that spiritual leader when I just sometimes I, I want to sin, I want to cuss, I want to I do, like I just want to lock you in a room sometimes. Um, <laughs> Should we, should we have a show of hands? No, I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> but I have a job. And, and, and so my job as the, as the children's pastor here is to help you be able to be successful um, leading them and showing mm. them how to please God. That's right. And so, I mean, we got tons of resources back there. Um, yep. Like I said, you're not alone. If you have questions, I want to be able to help. Like, how do I get my kid a Bible? I want to be able mm. to give you that information. We have bracelets. I'm wearing right, one right now. How do you talk about it? Like the two biggest questions when a kid is done with church, what did you learn and did you have fun? I want to make sure that those kids can answer that question. I want to be able to, to be able to give you as a parent something to talk about. What's the best part of your day? What's the, um, the worst part of your day? Where did you mess up that. today? Where did you see God the most mm. today? These are great reminders and great questions that you can ask your kid. And in, in flip of that, they can ask you. I love that. Because love the that. best part is how well they listen yep. and what they learn because how well you're an example also helps them as they grow up. And so you're mm. not alone. You can pick those up if you want one. You can mm. look as cool as me. Um, <laughs> but you have that opportunity to be an example. You have that opportunity to realize that we're here with you. Mm. We're together in the same thing, even though I only have an hour. Yep. I make the most of that hour. It's awesome. So be an example. Realize we're not alone. But then the last thing, and this is not just for parents, but I think this is for all of us, right? So I think this is something that we need to realize we all play a part in this, and that is as partner together with Hilton Head Island Community Church. Talk to us about that. And I know we've talked a little bit about partnership, but talk to us about serving in, uh, you know, serving in Island Kids. It, it, like I said, takes two. It takes you. It takes us. And I want to be that for you. I want to be able to, to teach your kids the books of the Bible. I want to be able to, to show them what God's Word says. I want them to have fun memorizing Scripture. I want them to have fun 
learning these stories uh, in the Bible, and I want them to be able to remember them mm. in some form or fashion when they turn 13, leave us, go into the, our students' ministry. When they leave student ministry and go into adulthood, it's a process, and we have a foundation in children's ministry to build. And the, the part is, I can't do it alone. Yeah. Our volunteers that we have can't do it alone. There's a lot of kids that we have here. God has blessed us with a lot of kindergartners. He has blessed us with a lot of first graders, second graders, third and fourth graders. And they need a positive influence in their life. And whether you are 40, 20, 18, 72, or even in your 60s, it's not an age bracket. There's no such thing as an age bracket mm-hmm. in That's ministry. Right. There's right. a willingness bracket. And, and God doesn't call us yeah. to just sit here and watch. Mm-hmm. He causes us to make that difference in mm-hmm. the next generation. Mm-hmm. And so whether you realize it or not, these kids, they need grand buddies. They need uh, someone that's not their mom and dad. They need someone who's like, you know what? I may not be the smartest person in this world, but I know who Jesus is, mm. and I want to show you him mm. not only through my actions, but through God's I word. That. And um, I love that. they say, you are who you hang with, mm. Mm. which I, I strongly subscribe to because if I keep hanging with kids... I'm going to be a big kid, and I'm never going to grow up. That's awesome, man. So that's my goal. That's awesome. I love that. (laughs) That's a great place to end. Ben's not going to grow up ever. (laughs) Never. Never. Y'all, we're so, so honored to have Ben and Missy. But I want you to know, as your pastor, they can't do it alone either. They can't do it alone. Each and every week being back there, and that's not to say that we don't have volunteers, but there are times when it's tough. And he just got here in March. He just arrived from the great state of Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, he's a Browns fan. No, you're not really a Browns fan. Never. He and I have the, uh, (laughs) we just totally really disappointed someone. But speaking of disappointment, we're Falcons fans. So anyway, we both are. So he grew up in Atlanta and I did too. And that's a terrible disappointment. But we want you to be a part of this. We want you to share in this because this is all about leaving legacy. I don't know if my parents prayed that same prayer that Cynthia and I pray for our kids. I don't know if my mom and dad prayed this prayer, would you put things and people in Todd's life and in my sister's life, Katie, that would point them to Jesus. But man, there's a long list of names in my life who influenced me for the gospel. Maybe you can be one of those in someone's life. Maybe you can be someone who helps introduce someone to the gospel, and who knows where that goes from there. Church, this is probably the the longest lasting of these values and this vision that we have. It's why we're putting so much into this world. Because a quarter, only a quarter of people who are Christ followers make that decision past the age of 21. Now's our time. This is our window. And we're going to go for it. I want to leave you with this passage from Psalm 78, 1 through 4. I absolutely love this, and I want to encourage you on this, and I want it to challenge you. The psalmist says this. He says, give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. 
He says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. It was so important in the in Jewish heritage, in the Jewish family, the fathers would lead that. They would, they would lead what they, they learned from old. But I want you to capture verse 4. We will not hide them, the teachings of God, from the children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. There's no greater thing to serve and to pass down what God has done, those glorious things that he's done to the next generation. Would you consider doing that? If you would, I want to encourage you. We make it easy. You just go to, go to the app. It's on the front page of the app. If you don't have our app, you can go to uh, the Google Play Store. You can go to iTunes Store, and you can just type in Hilton Head Island Community Church. It's, fr- it's a free app. And you can download that because there's an orientation coming up. And on the front of that, talks about our orientation. Tell us a little bit about the orientation, Ben, coming up next week. I realize many of you don't get to see behind the scenes of what goes on, not only in our Island Kids area, but in our HHI students area. We are building a foundation. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how old we are, we have an opportunity and so we just want to be there to answer questions. We want to be there to kind of give you a behind-the-scenes look. Mm. And so much fun, so much excitement. And I, I know many of you get to hear some of the kids' excitement, but you never get to see the flip mm. side from the adult perspective what goes on. So we want to invite you next Sunday uh, to our uh, behind-the-scenes look at Reaching the Next Generation. Um, we have dinner. Winner, winner, dinner, dinner. And we want to be able to just give, give us a couple hours of your time to get behind the scenes, ask questions, and maybe you don't have to sign up. You just right. are curious. So come be curious with us 5 to 7 o'clock next Sunday night. Awesome. And uh, let's have fun. Register for that on the app. I'm so excited about what God is doing with our, our kids and our students, and you'll hear more about students next week. Ben, thank you, man, so much, you so much for being a part of this morning. Why don't you give it up for Ben? Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, we, we have always taken seriously this value of entrusting the next generation with the gospel. But God, moving forward and into the future, we want to continue to take it seriously and even take it more seriously. God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would stir hearts. Holy Spirit, would you lead us and would you guide us? That window is small. Our window may be small. Father, I pray that you would raise up people who are part of this church to influence the next generation for you. God, I thank you for those influences that we've had. And Father, may we, as we look back, as we look in the rearview mirror, and as we think about with great respect and honor and gratitude those who influenced us towards you, Father, I pray that that would spur us on to serve the next generation, to serve you with introducing the next generation to the gospel. God, I thank you for Ben. I thank you for Missy. I thank you for their family who worked so incredibly hard. But God, I pray that you would bring other people into their path 
that are ready and willing, that know they don't have it all together, but God, they're willing, they're available and ready to serve. And I pray that you would do that from this church, from these who are here in this house, those who are watching online, those who are on the backstage patio. God, I thank you so much for our next generation and for the ability that we have to entrust them with the gospel. In Jesus' name, I pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen.